Are you going to man bun? Um, got a bit of a ponytail. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing, really. Yeah, accident, accidental, I assume. I this, um, I've had to get Emma to go out and buy me them. To buy you what? Uh, the little um, scrunchy things that. <laughs> You why did you why, why did you get Emma to go do it? Because I was too embarrassed. That's uh, that's a new record for you. You're so self confident with everything else. Yep, yeah. new low. But now couldn't couldn't even find the humor in it. <laughs> couldn't even just too just that's the limit of all self consciousness is go, going to find scrunchies for your man bun. Yep. This is this That's is where I'll this is my, this this is too far even for Michael Z. I'm not doing that. Hit the hit the limit. It's um, it's a funny thing because it's like practically it's way easier to keep the hair out of my face because my hair is like Helena Bottom Carter length at the moment, <laughs> and it it hasn't gone down. It's just gone out. <laughs> and it's just like crazy. So if I tie it back, it's like easy. But then it's like it's full crusty like, the crown, crusty the clown. It's full crusty the crown. Um, and <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me that said it badly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do you do you want to be one of those guys? The answer is no. The answer is no. Don't. You don't want to be the person that you are. I don't. I don't. <laughs> well, why don't you go get a haircut? Because I want to, because I, because I'm invested now, because I I've gone through so much, it's like a year of having shit hair, and if I just cut it off now, all I've done is just had a year of shit hair and achieved nothing. So, so you think there's light at the end of the tunnel? What are you? What's the what's the goal link that you're aiming for? Like, um, uh, like, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves. Okay, or punk rock bassist was what I was going for, but basically same thing. <laughs> The, uh, the thing is, like my, you can look at someone like Keanu Reeves and be like, "Yeah, I wanted to get the lat length," but the fact is, like, I don't have hair like that. Yeah, I mean, I've just got Keanu Reeves hair. also has celebrity quality hair care. You know, he's got well, he's got yeah. he's got balms, he's got salves, he's got conditioners, he's got uh, stylists, he's got blow dryers. You know, he, he's got thousands of dollars. And people there to to give him that kind of you know lovely sheen. You, yeah. Yours is more like a sort of a greasy mat. That's no no fault of your own. I mean, that's just you don't you're not a celebrity. A greasy mat. Well, I mean. I was possibly a little bit generous, but yeah, I'm trying to pick you up. <laughs> Did you go out for dinner before? Yeah, had a really Where'd nice you go? dinner. Fifth Street. What do we? T- or should I guess? Well, I don't. Yeah, have a guess. I don't know what they really characterize themselves at. So yeah, have a guess, and I'll tell you if that feels right to me. Modern cuisine. Yeah, it kind of was really modern kiwi. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, it was have? it was really nice. It's it's kind of that um, sharing style. So we had three entrees, two salads, and a, a sort of a big main. So I had uh, uh, there was uh, like chimichurri fried chicken. 
there was these are the entrees there was uh like a oh i forget what they called it a, a seafoody roux on um on toasted bread and Hell yeah some uh sashimi um in like a uh like a soy and and gingery kind of uh broth um and then yeah. then there was like a roast potato salad and a delicious um uh grated brussels sprout pecorino uh sort of nutty salad that was incredible and then this uh for mains we got a massive um uh what do they call it like a they called it a tomahawk steak, so off the rib style um, beef steak, um, beautifully cooked, medium rare, um, truffle butter, uh, a lovely gravy, um, and then we had uh, sticky date pudding afterwards, and uh, carrot cake for dessert, and a whole bunch of uh, cocktails and wine and drinks and everything. It was just just one of those great restaurants that you have great food at. Carrot cake for dessert. Yeah, well, that's what my dad had. Oh, your dad's still in town. Yeah, that's why I'm going out for Till dinner. Till when? He's out tomorrow. Uh, this is mum, dad. Wait, is this, he's, he's not staying with you then? No, no. Staying in a fancy place. Uh, yeah, reasonable. Just staying in a in a hotel in the middle of the city rather than out of town. More walkable to everything. Right. Oh yeah, Be nice to have him down. Yeah, mum was there as well. So um, oh, yeah, they, they both came over for three days over the weekend. So that was nice. That's what I've been doing the past couple of days. Yeah, cool. Um, but they, of course, uh, perfectly timed it midwinter to have just constant rain. <laughs> it doesn't seem to matter when they come over. They just always have constant rain. Um, and it's the only time it's rained in the past probably two months. And it was... Um, Exactly when they're here, and then tomorrow they leave, and it goes back to nice sort of clear winter. So, <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't get it when people say um, that it's raining and that's bad. Because like, I, oh, I don't think it was never bad. affected what I've ever done. Like, if it's raining, I'll still be oh, oh, it's raining. Like, I don't do less things because it's raining. Yeah, but you're like a you're you're a homebody. You know, you're not uh, going up hiking up. Uh, or like a rock climbing, you know, you're going, oh, I can't rock climb in the rain. Yeah, so you're going, you're, you're going to go rock climbing with your parents? Yeah, that's what I was going to do. And then uh, obviously the rain's <laughs> sort of interrupted that, which is a shame. Um, they can't rock climb, but I just like to show off my rock climbing prowess. So I just have them stand at the bottom, look up at me, and I say, Mom, Dad, look at me. Yeah, show off your uh, upper body strength. Upper body strength, that You yeah. clearly possess... Wow, offensive! I could still do more push-ups than you. That's not true. We've, I think we've all agreed. We've, we've put it to the people. Most people agree because they're logical, sensible, sexy people that uh, I could do more push-ups than than Michael in a head-to-head contest. Welcome to Deep Ford, everyone. Oh, uh, this is a uh, this is a podcast. This is a podcast about life, death. All that stuff in between we like to call life. Sitting across the Atlantic Ocean, my, yeah, probably my top four MySpace, MySpace best friends. It's uh, Nick in the shade. I'll say hi, Nick. Hi, Michael. Hi. And I'm the funk. What are we talking about today? <laughs> it's Nicky and the funk. 
<laughs> Nicky and the Book. We just uh, gonna have a chat today. Yeah, I don't. I haven't prepared a topic. I'm happy to sort of wing it, unless you want to talk about cool. cancer. Cancer, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> um, I've got cancer news lined up. That's gonna be a doozy. <laughs> the jingle is is really sad though. <laughs> The jingle's really sad, and also the news is just revealing that someone's got someone. cancer. We just named it. Like, and this week it's Steve. Steve yeah, Robinson. It's not our most so. popular segment. Sorry, Steve. But it's an important public service. Imagine. Yeah, there's a Steve Robinson just like having a good day. Oh, fuck. He's like, what's this stupid podcast? <laughs> puts it on. Oh, what? The, uh, Me. The theme song is Come just on. like hospital beeping. Just like beep. <laughs> Cancer news. <laughs> I was feeling that, dude. I'm glad. It sounded, sounded, sounded a bit Tom York. Yeah, I was. It was. It was actually on the offbeat. It was an invisible um, offbeat. It was on oh, the twos nice. and fours. Yeah. And it was in sixteen three. Sixteen three. Tom York's yeah. most famous <laughs> time signature. Um, I've been listening to so much Radiohead lately. I've been listening to heaps of Hail to the Thief. Yeah, it's funny you say that because my dad was just putting that on the car the other day. That's one of his favorites, and I like it, but I, I like, I don't hammer it. Do you know what I mean? Mm, I've been hammering have, it. Have you been in that mood because you've come off an anima run? I was going, I was in a, a Radiohead space when Anima came out, so it was just like good timing. Yeah, we um, it comes in waves. Speaking of uh, good weather, um, yesterday. Uh, Dad and I went for a walk in the rain, um, just sort of around dusk time in um, this place called the Holswell Quarry. Um, and it's this nice sort of uh, incline around the back of a 150-year-old um, hand-mined quarry. Um, and so we stuck a anima on and we're wandering around in this sort of gloom um, and the fog of the um, the low cloud because of all the rain. Um, just yeah. grooving with some uh, some Tom York in the background, and it was uh, yeah, the, probably the most appropriate <laughs> setting to listen to. Um, Tom York is uh, in a dreary, um, <laughs> abandoned quarry. It's really nice that you and your dad do that. Yeah, I think it's really nice, and you <clears throat> you get to like share. It's you listen to it on the wireless thing, and so you're listening to it at the same time. That was that was the case originally. Back in the day, it used to be an iPod with an FM transmitter, and my dad would have a, a an FM oh. radio that he'd um, tune into. Um, but these days, we just sync up on Spotify and and press go at the same time. That's such a nice. I hope I can do that with my kid. Yeah, I I, I do really enjoy those walks, and um, uh, classically, it was both music and podcasts. So um, you know, back in the day, we'd you know, put on a Nerdist podcast at the same time or listen to a TV show news podcast or um, whatever the latest album was, depending on what what it uh, what the time was and where we were and our moods and things. So it was a good way of, of sharing a lot of uh, things that we enjoyed. Do you, do you think that you both enjoy those things equally or does he, do you think that he's doing them to kind of uh, keep keep on the pulse with you or wants to share in what you're into or is is he showing you stuff as well? Um, I think that there are definitely things that he was doing as uh, as an effort to connect. But at the same time, I think there were things that he genuinely did enjoy. And obviously, 
anytime we were listening to music, I think that was a fairly, um, fairly equin, equin, symbiotic, um, equinim, equinimical. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Um, the uh, equally enjoyed experience, but then other times, if we're listening to a a podcast and it was talking about something that he wasn't really interested in, it was probably more just a a company and walking the dog kind of pleasure than it was intimately, interestingly, uh, to uh, to him personally. Right. What uh, do you, do you have that any of that with your dad? What's the sort of what what, what do you chat about or, or bond over when you when you're in a good place with each other? Um, lately, it's been lately it's been kind of YouTube <laughs> YouTube guys, as in uh, um, like uh, yeah, it was a bit of your JP, bit of the old JP. Um, yeah, and we've got we've got a thread. Me, Dan, my my cousin Dan, um, and Ben, and my dad. So it's just like the boys, the boys, and uh, that's a really we we're always like putting links up to like so sort of videos, yeah, or philosophical or stuff, so. yeah, intellectual stuff. Yeah, yeah, but the music, no, there was my dad's. I've, it, we've clashed, we've butted heads. On music, quite I find a that really in interesting. Past. Yeah, well, see, I I appreciate probably more than anything in music, like the art of it, and so like sound design and like texture and tone, those will be the things that that really interest me. But for him, it was just more than melody, more oh. than mel- more than melody, yeah. And so it would be, he'll be interested in like a chord progression that, or like a, he, he, he could hear a, um, an interesting chord progression in a song and it would be like on a tacky kind of digital MIDI keyboard. And he'll be like, yeah. that's great. And I'll be yeah. like, oh, I can't stand listening to that shit. Because of the, the sound and the presentation of it. Yeah. 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 Like I, I, what, what matters most to me is how it sounds like how the, what the sound is. Yeah. What it makes it feel, what it actually is. Yeah. So he's because um, we've said previously, but your dad was a music teacher, is a music teacher. Um, yeah. So it it sort of makes sense that his brain is wired into like the musicianship side of it, where it's like, does he have the ability to like pick an interval? Like if if you if you play, you know, you know that classic thing you did at, like in music yeah. um, theory. If, yeah. It's like oh, you know, flat seven or, or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can he, does that, he that's... have that that sort of ear? Yeah, he's got a great ear, and that's how I would kind of try and link those two up. So I would, I would show him Radiohead. I'd, I'd be playing Radiohead. I remember when I was still living at their house, and he'd be like, "Oh, what's this crap?" And then I'll be like, uh, "Dad, what's the time signature in this?" And then I'll play him like everything in its right place, or um, you know, fifteen step or something. And then he'll be like, "Oh, that's that's how I'll get him. That's how I got yeah. him." Like, oh, that's interesting. Or pyramid song. Um, yeah. And so that's how I like married those two up. And you go, oh, this is good. Uh, but most of the time it was like, ah, oh, it's crap. Like he always fought with um, Dan on Bob Dylan because he was like, Bob Dylan sucks. Bob Dylan's voice sucks. He never really could appreciate the uh, cultural significance of Dylan or, you know, the that he was an artist. He was always just like, oh, he just plays three chords and uh, sings like a donkey. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I kind of understand because you know texturally, uh, 
some of it is either simplistic or unimpressive almost uh, in these days, but you can't deny that his his impact and that his, his staying power is from real um, prowess, real artistry. Um, yeah. Totally. And it's, it's funny that you bring up Dylan because uh, one of my dad's sort of closest family friends, um, a guy named Scott, who uh, was originally Australian and has been living in Europe for the past 30 years, um, he, Scott, is a big Dylan guy. And my dad's sort of um, go-to artist of his... Um, of his own is Neil Young. So dad right. can talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. talk forever about Neil Young and has keeps up to date and, and has that, um, that, that true fandom, um, uh, not defensiveness is not the right word, but like uh, uh, enthusiasm for later years of the, like the classic artists where, um, you know, and he looks down the his nose at, at the people at the concerts who go along, and he's like, "Oh, just play the play the hits, you know, from fifty years ago." And, and both Dylan and and Neil Young and um, these guys are are just noodling around with stuff from their last album, which was like three years ago, at which no yeah. one has you know uh, held to the same um, or didn't have the same cultural impact. And um, you know, my my dad has that sort of enthusiasm where he can be like, oh yeah, but no, you know, people are overlooking this later stuff because it's really quite interesting and seeing the evolution in the same way, I suppose, that as Radiohead fans, um, we can say, yeah, oh, King of Limbs had its, you know, really interesting sort of musicality stuff when everyone's like, just play Creep. Um, yeah. But anyhow, uh, tangent aside, um, uh, his close friend Scott is like that for Dylan. And my dad had never really got into Bob Dylan, um, or, or given given much uh, time to it, um, and was invited by Scott to to come along and see him in concert um, when he was over on one of his trips, and so Dad uh, hammered, you know, his way through the catalogue of Dylan in in sort of um, preparation to go and and see him live in concert, feeling like, well, if you're going to see him, you kind of have to know a little bit of. <laughs> what he's done right yeah um yeah. and uh, i think you know because i was sort of hearing glimpses of that as he was going through it as well um i think he also brushed up against that thing which is that his delivery of these classics these days and even his his most recent output is now certainly like not technically perfect as you say it, it has this guttural kind of imperfection to it and it's an interesting kind of intellectual challenge to can you see through that that surface level of what you're actually hearing to appreciate what is there uh, underneath in terms of artistry or intent. Yeah, but it's a, it's people don't also like being fooled. I think there's a part of that, and I think it's probably more um, a concern for people in the art like visual art world but i was thinking that the other day because i go to a, a, a lot more exhibitions because emma's really into it mm. um so i've been going to a few more exhibitions and like some of the stuff you're just like come on like this is a joke like i have thought sorry about that um sorry. i have thought that this could be like a there could be like a <laughs> A camera, candid camera show. I'm, look, I'm looking at this thing. I was like jokingly, we were at this exhibition the other day, and I was like, 
some of it was like real crap. And I was like jokingly looking at the this fire extinguisher plan and like staring at it as if it was part of art. And I was like, look, I don't know, man, like some of this stuff. That that all of that was to say that um some some art is crap and just because it is Bob Dylan doesn't mean it's gonna be good. Totally true. It's funny that you say that because at um at the Christchurch Arch Gallery there is an art piece which is a fire extinguisher. <laughs> they just <laughs> place it up against the wall. <laughs> and I remember looking at feel like wait, and like so I, I I was looking at it thinking I looked at it assuming it was art but it wasn't and then did a double take and realized that it was art and i thought that my thought was incorrect uh, yeah. if you know what i mean yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah but yeah. it was yeah it was ac- it was actively part of the exhibition was it <laughs> the fire extinguisher so i thought yeah. well that good on you for bringing it full circle yeah so they were doing that as a as a joke uh i don't know it's i, I it's hard to ascribe intent i i certainly self-aware to know that you're going to place an item like that in an art gallery, right? You're, you're inviting yeah. that confusion as to what is and isn't art. But yeah. uh, is that a joke or is that intent? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where, it's where, the fear, fear of being pretentious as well. It's like, I don't want to, like, I'll go to an, I'll go to a, a gallery or something and I'll, I'll sometimes really try. I think it's like, sometimes it's like a poem or a song. Maybe there's nothing to get. And it's just like, the piece of art is there and it's just like whatever makes you, f- whatever runs through your head, you try and capture that. And or, like, that's how I've been approaching it lately. Like this, however, there's no right answer, but I don't know. Yeah, you I mean, you got that fear of pretension. It, when you say that, are you thinking of that as the, uh, the rece- receptor of the art, yeah. not as the creator? Yeah, so you're afraid not. of pretension in the sense of ascribing more meaning to the art than you think there is or ascribing more impact to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also just like the verbalizing that the verbalizing it, that's where it gets tricky because it's like the expression. I understand that part. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the the idea that like that you should be self-conscious about what you take out of art seems interesting to me. I wouldn't have thought that that's something that really, really impedes your enjoyment of something like that what do you mean takes out if you're you're concerned about pretension in the sense of pretentiousness in the sense of uh you're looking at a piece of art and feeling like how much should i be getting out of this is have i misinterpreted what you said um yeah i don't um yeah so your, your your concern about pretension is not actually about um what you're getting out of it just so much as how you communicate what you think it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. More, 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 more me actually verbalizing. Or if I, even if I had the idea go. of being forced to explain what it is or what, <laughs> yeah. what you're trying yeah. to do. Okay. Yeah. And then the fear of the artist going, yeah, well, actually it's just, it's just a fire extinguisher. Well, it's an interesting, um, uh, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Because I mean, Again, to go back to another favorite, you don't see uh, any of Radiohead explain what their songs are about, right? And some of them could be mm. quite obtuse, and some of them seem a little bit more appreciable. But wh- where do you fall on the idea of is there, a, is there, if you're an artist, should you 
tell people what it is or should you leave it to them? Hell, hell no. Like, see, music's so easy for me to get. or it's, uh, so, Music's so easy for me to receive. Like, I just know how to receive it. You know, do you I mean lyrically or or just emotionally, like the actual notes? Well, I think it's specifically more more lyrically because that's it's anyone can hear you know anything without lyrics. They can hear a piece of classical music and it they know it's just like they don't. Have they to get, get out of it what they get just, out of it. Yeah, yeah. So lyrically, if something's like abstract or if. Um, I think there was something I was listening to the other day where old Yorkie boy was just repeating the same lyric over and over and over again. And I was thinking that he's either, I don't know, what's the choice that he's doing? That is it, is it, um, is he repeating the same lyric over and over and over again because he wants to stress the point or is he doing it because it fits with the music? Or, and I was think, thinking like, you know, it's who doesn't, I don't know doesn't matter he probably doesn't know it's just it's just the song that's what the song is and it's fine and this you know, is when to you know too much. who your real friends are it who your real friends are yeah yeah um yeah it's interesting because it the tendency can be when interpreting um music is to ascribe more intention to the the art than the artist may have put into it and i think that's that's somewhat of a distinction between some of the creative medium media and others because when it comes to visual art like painting and sculpture i think our perception and it may or may not be correct is that every choice has a degree of thought behind it in the medium uh, sorry like in the uh yeah, well, yeah, the media used, but also the presentation and the color and the construction. I think we assume that visual art has a logic and a, a metaphor behind every aspect of it. But then when you go and look at, at music, so much of it is just gut. It's just, well, let's just do it four times because this just feels good to be in this groove. Or um, in that great uh, little clip that I put in that movie club the other day, which I can link in this... Uh, the show notes as well. Um, the director David Sandberg um, talks about the anatomy of a scene in the movie Shazam, which he um, was filming. Um, yeah, I haven't watched that yet. You should watch it. It's three minutes, and it doesn't matter that it's about a superhero. It's just, um, it's just. So, what does he talk about? So basically, he uh, he he plays a scene in which a couple of kids put their shoes on. Okay, it actually starts with one kid gets um, a, uh, runs away from the house. His foster parents chase after him and then stop, decide to go back and get in the car. His um, foster siblings put on their shoes, go out um, onto the porch, and then get told to stay home in case he comes back, and the parents drive off. And you watch that scene, and uh, this is the director of the film who's talking over this clip. Um, and then he says, oh, it all looks like it works. But then you start to ask the question, well, why did the why is a film why why do we show these kids putting on their shoes and their jackets going outside only to go back inside again? That's kind of a weird choice. Why not just have them staring in the window and then not bother um, filming them leave the house and and intellectually breaking apart these 
the blocking, you know, where they're positioned and, and the filmmaking yeah. choices. And then he explains every little step of it. Okay, well, one of what happened was uh, one of the costume designers came up and said, hey, in this scene, 45 minutes from now, you're going to be, um, uh, these kids are going to be outside in a fairground. So this clothing that they're wearing now is what they're going to be wearing at the clothing, uh, sorry, at the carnival uh, at the fairground. And it's going to be the middle of winter during the shoot. So we need them to have their jackets on because they're kids and we want them to be warm when we're filming at night. So what they're wearing now is what they're going to be wearing then. And so how do we get them to put the jackets on? Okay, well, we'll have them go outside. So that was the the problem solving and the thought process of why they went outside. Mm. Um, And then uh, he says, oh, okay, well, that's all good, except one of the actors can't be there on the day because they're filming a different show. So only three of the kids can be outside. So one of them we can only film when we pick up the stuff on the set inside a month later. Well, now what are we (laughs) going to do? Shit. Okay. We'll have her be really slow putting her shoes on. So she's still tying her laces. The other kids go outside, get told to go back inside. They've all put their jackets on. They still have their jackets on. She's inside. She's doing up her shoes. Um, and that's why she's slow. Problem solved. Then it turns out when they're filming on the day, the costume department had not given her um, lace-up shoes. They'd given her Velcro. So it doesn't even make sense that the Velcro shoes would slow her from being outside in the first place. But hey, no one will really notice. Then, um, you know, you, all of these thought processes go through, you know, every single step this of the one day. tiny scene. And then, then he, he sort of caps it off by saying, well, then later in the film, she gets superpowers and she becomes really fast. And so now you have this character arc where the slowest person who was behind putting on the shoes ends up getting superpowers where she gets super speed. So it's this really nice character evolution over the course of the film. And the director it literally just stands there going, uh... Mm, okay yeah sure having just explained that his artistic process was really just a series of incremental problem solving every step of the way to get around the realities of production which was they're filming outside in winter one of the kids wasn't available blah 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 and yet you have people ascribing meaning and ascribing intention to the art in a thematically interesting way which is oh you wanted to show that this kid who was the slowest ends up being the fastest what an interesting thing and the the director's basically shrugging and say well hey if that's what you want to get a, get out of the, <laughs> the thing then sure but yeah. that wasn't the intent that was a lucky coincidence um, so I, I do yeah. find it interesting that- when we think about art in that way as what you attempt to take from something that might be purely accidental yeah I'm sure a lot of art is that, and it's like you could justify these choices however you want, and then some of it will be like, obviously some of it will be in, intentional. That movie's getting really good reviews. Shazam. It? Yeah, it's a certified fresh. Certified fresh. That one. Yeah, no, it, it did certified get reviewed. Fresh. Um, Have you seen it? No, but I I, I will get around to. Um, the. Uh, it was interesting as well. Uh, uh, this is vaguely a Radiohead podcast, apparently, but there was that interview that um, Tom York did with uh, Zane Lowe. Zane Lowe, thank you. Um, and when Zane Lowe says that the first time he heard Dawn Chorus, he was sitting in his car and he um, just started crying. Um, Tom York has a really interesting reaction, I thought, which, you know, that's quite a. That's a sort of big thing to reveal in an interview, really. 
Um, not in terms really of five. emotional bravery, uh, but just like to, to say, I'm going to tell you what this did to me. Um, and Tom York gives him a high five, as you say. Um, and uh, that's just, it's an interesting thing to look at and think um, he in that moment is happy and proud that the thing that he made had that emotional reaction to this guy. It's uh, yeah. quite an interesting. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what what I expected the re- reaction to be. I suppose, but it's funny seeing uh, Tom York particularly. I think be that um, magnanimous or enthusiastic or uh, appreciative of what, his disclosure. What he's communicating with that high five is like, good, I. You went to a place, a, a, an emotional place that made you have a visceral emotional reaction. Good. That's what I wanted. Yeah, that's, that's what exactly. I wanted yeah. people to feel. But then, like, why break it down? Why, why would someone want someone to feel that? Because feeling, bringing emotions to the surface is, I don't know, makes you feel alive. That's what, that's what it's all about, like tapping into that so much of, speaking of pretentiousness, tapping into, um, you know, so much of life is spent just on this humdrum kind of level, sitting right flatlining in the middle. And the best parts of life are, you know, when you're really, really up. And then when you're really down, that's, that's still, you're still feeling like human. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yes. The, uh, I think he he was also um, it it was almost a celebration of connection because you you have to think with that song that you know there were moments where that meant something really personal to York as well like he he that feels like that song comes from a very personal place so I, I think it was probably gratifying to know that someone else had got to that level from listening to it as well, right? If you pour yourself into a piece of work and, and it has that reaction, an emotional reaction to someone, it that feels like success, right? You've, you've communicated yeah. the thing you're aiming for, theoretically. Do you get to that place with musicals? Like, what's, why, why do you absorb art? Like, why do you, why do you like, um, why do you like music? <laughs> why do you like movies and stuff well those are those are quite different um for me i think movies and and tv and stuff is narrative it's 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 character work and and plot and journey right it's it's going it's going to a different world whether that's our world or or literally like a fictional place and and experiencing someone else's life or someone else's thing and and you get that sort of vicarious thrills of whatever it is that you're watching. When was the last time you cried in a movie? Uh, it was recently, but I can't remember what it was. I'm trying to think too. I, I tend to tear up more in TV just because I watch more TV than movies. Um, honestly, baskets gets me so like fucking yeah. Uh, 
verklempt so often. It is it, that something about that show's tone is just that perfect uh, whimsical mix of uh, like sadness and like gentle faltering character growth and and humanity. That there's definitely moments where I just at the end of it, I'm just like, oh, it's just like good. Yeah, um, it's getting better too, man. It's it's yeah. insane. This year is very it's getting good. deeper. Yeah, I I cried in Queer Eye. Last oh week, yeah, so that's good. At the end of that, such a good show. I um I gather that you're not alone as well. That seems to have a a fairly um wholesome effect on a lot of people. It's pretty like it's reality. So it's like I I'll cry in Kitchen Nightmares as well. But just because you hate like, seeing food this... wasted. <laughs> I hate seeing food wasted. I think that's the second time you've made that joke. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Either that or I just subconsciously ripped it off from someone, which if so, I apologize. I threw you off with asking you if you had cried in a movie recently. Uh, I don't remember what I was talking about, really. Um, I, like, I've definitely uh, cried at the end of Fringe, cried at the end of Leftovers, cried at the end of Lost. Uh, what else? Just because these shows were over. Just because I'm sad that they're gone. But also because the character stuff is good. Um, Bojack Horseman. I mean, fuck me. Bojack Horseman is good. Um, Free Churro, if you haven't. Oh, my God. Please, everyone, just go watch Bojack Horseman. Um, There's a a, uh, 30-minute monologue at at, at a funeral, which is just... Honestly, the the greatest work that um, Will Arnett has ever done. It's it's Emmy nominated, actually. Is he writing that show? I don't think he writes it. He might have a bit of say, but it, I don't think he's a credited writer. He, he I always just put him in like I just always thought it was a bit stupid. I don't know where I got that him. from, but I just in my head, yeah, Will Arnett. It's because you're thinking of Job. You basically just assume he's Job. He's <laughs> more Job than Job. Oh, Arrested yeah. Development. <laughs> Blades of Glory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He plays a good doofus. Um, I was going to ask you, because uh, we're talking about a uh, connection from from art. Um, <clears throat> do you, when it comes to like the brokers stuff, for instance, do you feel uh, emotional connection to that now? And did you feel... Uh, uh, like gratified when you're either playing that and seeing people react or, or hearing from your dad or, you know, your friends that, you know, they were into it or liked it. I was always just trying to gauge people's honest reactions, which is really tough. And I, when we were playing it live, no, because I think it's a different thing. You just want, you just would rather just see people dancing. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I do you remember that we did a song in there called Medaffodils uh-huh. and it was like a minute and a half, like piano interlude. And that was like, that was the, that's the happiest I've been with anything. Playing that live musically. or just, just that no, song. Just as like how it, yeah. How just it like up. how, cause it was like the other stuff. I don't know. All I can hear is just like, all I can hear when I would hear that stuff now is just like, I would just see Ableton bars. That's what all I, all I would see, just from editing and stuff. Sure. Um, so, but Medaffodils is probably the only thing ever that I'd done musically that would 
that I would be able to listen to it, probably because we rushed it so quickly and it was just like, I just think it was was a good attempt at trying to capture a mood. But I don't know, everything else, not really. I didn't really have a personal connection by the end with anything. Maybe at the start. What I do now is when I when I have access to a piano and I can record um, a voice memo on my phone and I'll tinker around, I might have like a little melody and I might record something that will last for like two minutes or something. That's that's like capturing like a good, uh, like a an actual emotion. You know, just like yeah. just hitting record. It's like live almost. So you feel more connected to it when it's live than the final product. Yeah, like well, I, sp- I suppose it's been a while since like... you produced a sort of a, a, a yeah. final product in that way. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, it's interesting that um, I mean, it, 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 it seems like a lot of um, a lot of uh, musicians grow to hate their early work. Um, or uh, get tired of it over the course of, you know, performing it nonstop or that sort of thing. So it's interesting that um, through the process of that production, um, you ended up feeling distant from it. I think it's the nature of the nature of what the band was as well, because it was like a lot of like parts and electronic and stuff. If it was just like me writing songs on a piano and I just perform them on a piano and like sung or something like probably closer to what you do. You probably have, are able to have more of a connection with your own music and they mean something to you probably more than me. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause yeah, I hadn't thought about the group dynamic of it as much. Um, mm. Is that something that you um, feel the urge to get back into? Yeah. I've been feeling it heaps lately. And, um, I sold my synth a couple of years ago, well, maybe like two years ago now, because so I could pay my rent at the time. And then um, I haven't really played anything since. And uh, for my thirtieth, everyone chipped in to uh, to get me a, a present. So um, I, fi- I was actually going to go to a skydive, but then I figured like I might uh, I might buy a synthesizer with it. Yeah, that's a good idea. So I've been looking at uh, look, I've been looking at synths, and I do like yeah. It's almost been four years since I did anything proper with music. Mm. So I need to work out how to get Ableton back on my computer. But then yeah, I do feel uh, an urge to start making music. I'd like to point out that uh, not everyone chipped in to get you that present. I bought you a voucher to go and paint, paint, and get drunk. Oh yeah, fuck, I haven't used that. I haven't used that yet. I'm, so uh, I can't get drunk. Also, a very good present is the takeaway. Also, a very good present. Yeah. Um, Speaking of drinking, I haven't had a drink. I have doing dry, dry July. Oh shit! And, I was wondering because um, you're drinking sparkling water. I just thought it was because it was a Sunday night. Nah, been doing dry July, and it is. It's been phenomenal. Oh really? It's been you've, as in you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. It's 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 worrying almost. In what way? In the sense that your body saying, thank fuck, has made you think, oh, have I been no. abusing this? Well. Or do you just mean yeah. the the, uh, the little glimpse of sort of masochism, of, of withholding something from yourself has, has been more pleasurable than you'd care to admit? 
a little bit of both. The one thing I'm learning more in my old age is at, is creating um, areas of self-discipline are massively rewarding and massively beneficial, um, mm. not indulging in things and putting restrictions on your behavior is is every time I've done it been good from um, like quitting smoking and uh yep going to the gym quitting and smoking that sort of stuff yep, uh, yep. Um, I mean that's, that's less of a restriction as jerking suppose, off but... as well oh yeah, yeah. no um, more eating and jerking off at the same time really cutting oh, calorie intake you know. <laughs> um but yeah it's it's like well I've been been saying this because um, Emma's been doing it as well. And <laughs> sorry, it's... sorry. Just for her sake, clarify what she's been doing. <laughs> Emma's Emma hasn't jerked off in, in three weeks. She's doing a very dry July. It's, uh... oh, my oh my god! <laughs> she thought oh, that's what it meant. Yeah, uh... that's um, unfortunate that you didn't clarify. <laughs> Um, but it's been this positive feedback loop. Like I, I, why, why I said it's been worrying is just because I've, it just made me realize, first of all, like how habitual that, like me going for a drink was whenever I was bored going for a drink. But then also like, I've been sleeping so well. Like oh, interesting. Eight hours of sleep, eight hours of sleep, solid sleep, waking up feeling super refreshed. Haven't once felt groggy. Mm. Um, through it uh, after about it, that was after about ten days. It started to I was like, oh shit, I'm feeling like noticeably different. And then like the sleep, feeling refreshed, is obviously encouraging more to me to go to the gym and work out. And then that's helping me sleep better, and that's helping me. It's yeah. just going this cycle. Virtuous cycle. Yeah, and uh, I feel like way more focused and like clear headed. It's like ah oh, fuck. It's it, fuck. It, not to not to draw too fine a point on it but if you had to think back through your past when was the last time you were not simultaneously drinking and smoking for any extended period of time over 10 years yeah it would have i would have it would have been over 10 probably 12 years probably 11 years since there was like a week that i went without alcohol wow yeah yeah, pretty pretty crazy. Mm. Well, good on you for but, um, for a sticking through it and b um, building off it into what sounds like, as you say, a, a really positive feedback loop. Yeah, it's there's a lot of like yeah, it's like yeah, a lot of things that that I clearly needed to unlearn. It was it's the unlearning which was getting out of habits. Which is yeah. Which is really key, and I'm almost like a little, I'm a little nervous about July being over. It's also kind of liberating, you know, just saying, "Oh, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not drinking tonight. I'm doing dry July." Almost because you've got an excuse, a social excuse. Do you mean? Not even, not just like even for myself. Or to yourself, right? Yeah, this is like, um, like it's just off the table. So well, anytime yeah. I was like, I would be home and my, my instinct would be like, oh, you know, I haven't, I've just been staring at my phone and it's, you know, 6.30, I'll have a drink. Yeah. Now, now it's like, I don't know. Um, go jerk off. Go, 
I'm going to jerk off. I'm going to jerk off in the weird room so that Emma doesn't get jealous. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that you pick different different habits to stop over dry July. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is interesting where you set those things. I think there's probably a way that you can find find uh, that middle ground going out of July. I, I, it, look, if you if you want to go dry for all of August, that's fine but um uh, as a sort of comparable example i um i tell myself and i think somewhat importantly other people uh that i only have coffees on monday tuesday and thursday and that was uh my uh goal my goal was to not become so reliant on um coffee to be productive and it was particularly important in the uh, white bait years when I was doing, you know, the heavy Monday to Friday, 50 plus hour weeks um, where you're, you know, working late and working intensively across, you know, a, a long stretch of time. And I didn't want, I didn't want it to be such a crutch that I needed to have a coffee every single morning at, you know, 9am in order to be even vaguely awake. So I set an artificial limit, which was I'd have it Monday, Tuesday and Thursday and then hopefully with a Wednesday off and a Friday through weekend off, um, I could uh, keep that that caffeine level need um, under control. Um, and it's something that I still try to keep to these days, even though I don't have the same um, busy work schedule. But something about saying it in that kind of arbitrary rule, you know, well, I, d- I just don't have coffees on Wednesdays just makes it easier to, as you say, sort of trick yourself into it to, to be like, oh, well, oh, yeah, I can't have a coffee today because it's a Wednesday. Um, so you might find that setting something like that for yourself, if you did want to moderate your return to alcohol and say, well, I only have um, a drink on Friday through Sunday or whatever it is, might be a way that you can, can um, maintain a degree of that control over it yeah yeah maybe maybe i'll just uh maybe i'll just blow it all out august 1st yeah i've never I don't had think a, so. i've never had a issue i've never even thought about caffeine or coffee as like a vice oh yeah it's because you've had so many worse vices <laughs> <laughs> yeah once you've had cocaine coffee's like yeah whatever. it's like oh yeah get back to me once you've <laughs> tried meth <laughs> Yeah, this is um, um this is yeah. obviously a, a Nick based problem. Nick based problem. Yeah. <laughs> this problem is based in Nick. In Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, um another tangent. Let's do it. Um I've been uh, I've been looking up at the sky lots at night. And is that because it was the 50th anniversary of the moon landing? Uh, I mean, yeah, I've been looking at the moon a bit more recently because of that. But um, Jupiter is the one that, I don't know, something about Jupiter. It's the loneliest planet. It's just like all that, yeah. Um, but it's just like it's it's really, it'd be a bright view as well, but it's, re- it's really bright in the sky 
the last month or two. And I just feel like it's just looking at me and it's like it knows. It knows what you it did. It knows something. <laughs> it knows where you hit the body. I, keep, I think it's it's like the brightest <laughs> it's the it's like the brightest star in the sky at the moment and I think I think it's my my eye is just like immediately drawn to it so it's just making me think every time it's like when you look at the watch and it's like the same time every time oh 111 like, keep looking up at the sky and Jupiter's just like what's up <laughs> and I'm like oh, okay it's just like always there um, I don't really know why I said that, but I just, uh, you just, you, is that sort of like, that's, a, that's a bit of a, a planet warning for all of you at home. Just keep an eye out. Someone's, uh, someone's being a little bit stalkery up there. I think it's turning 30 has made me think more existential <laughs> about Jupiter. <laughs> Ever since I turned 30, I have just not been able to stop thinking about Jupiter. <laughs> it's true. It's really true. <laughs> It's really true. And also, I watched this Brian Cox thing the other day on Jupiter. Jupiter? Sorry, can't be here, by the way. Um, <laughs> Check the front door. But... <laughs> Is he? Nah, he's not here. He's not here. Sometimes he pop, pops out of his guns in a, a chat about the universe. Um, but <laughs> he, he like, bad. Jupiter... Is so important. Like Jupiter, we've got basically Jupiter <laughs> to thank. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean life. to laugh. What? I didn't mean to la- laugh, but just f- it's just funny. I was just picturing a quote out of context. Marcus Abreki, twenty nineteen. Jupiter is so important. And it just, <laughs> just <laughs> really, well, I, really hurt, by that. Really, just had a, a degree of objectivity in on, in that moment, and. Um, appreciated it yeah imagine that headline i'd be like well that was taken out of context but i stand by it <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you you tried to deny it yeah you yeah, yeah. what are you gonna say it's not important grow up now that that's a quote that transcends context um, <laughs> but why anyway, is stupid is so important yeah, so I was going to tell you. Yeah. So you've got the inner planets, right? Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars. And then there's the asteroid belt. Now the asteroid, and then the outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus. 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 And the asteroid belt is basically following, is basically following the orbit of uh, Jupiter's orbit. So Jupiter is basically making this orbit. And because it's such a giant mass, all this like, space rock is just like created this thing around it and so that protects us one it protects us from like other flying space rocks but two it also one of the rocks that flung like slingshot out of the asteroid belt thanks to jupiter hit earth caused the uh the demise of the dinosaurs leave which led to the rise of uh Mammals. The tree creatures, us. Well, then that's uh, pretty fucking crazy, man. Yeah, it, and it's weird to think. Well, it's not weird at all. But like, when you when you assess it from that angle, to think that that's really just a quirk of physics. Ultimately, you know, it's it's yeah. it's matter and matter and density and um and orbital velocity, and then we have <laughs> you know chimpanzees. You know, it, it's strange yeah. to think of the consequences in terms of the. Uh, the astrophysics of of 
you know the orbiting bodies of the solar system yeah yeah it's 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 um it's i can't like i can't actually get my head around it um like just like normal stuff like watching i was watching this girl put on a jumper and then i was (laughs) that that sounds bad i knew this person i knew this person (laughs) (laughs) she she didn't know me (laughs) she didn't Um, know i was there it could have been anyone but she was putting on this jumper and i was like at this like now what humans are it's so normal so we're so so familiar with what humans are like our our limbs but our limbs are there so we can reach stuff our legs are there so we can stand like our eyes are there so we can see and we just like just like we act as if it's not the craziest fucking thing ever it's so weird we're creatures we're like creatures that have come from nothing and we just walk down the street like it's like everything's like oh yeah this is how it should be no no this is not how it should be this is like uh, yeah this is how it should be but it didn't need to be like this this is fucking crazy <laughs> i know what you and mean you've got yeah, the fact weird. that we and we... jumpers like the, sorry the uh, the jumper part of that was just like Oh, I know what a jumper is. Obviously, it's just like a part of everyday life. But the jumper's there because we created the jumper to keep us warm, to keep our bodies warm. Because, but then the body's just there to move the head, and it's just like, oh man, I can't, I can't stop, and I can't take it. It's fucking crazy. Just life wait until you turn thirty-one. <laughs> if he's so far down the rabbit hole, it will it will be almost impossible to get. Um, get past like a, a normal day's work <laughs> yeah mm. um you got any thoughts on that or uh no? i uh, look i i don't disagree i i do appreciate the the weirdness and the randomness of of life um it is certainly um uh when you think about the fact that we're basically um flesh bags with like blood juice and like a consciousness and uh have you you must have seen the um i can't i assume it was an art piece not a science piece but the depiction of the um nervous system of a human body which is effectively the brain stem the brain and the brain stem and like the nerves in this sort of cluster of like red you know um yeah yeah i've seen that things um that that's effectively what we are right that's that's the part of us which is us the thing that feels and thinks yeah. and and sees and, and interprets yeah. everything around it is just kind of padding effectively it's it's structure yeah. and padding bones and 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 skin to hold all the juice in but the thing that we are as a as a consciousness as an entity is that strange little um damp sack of brain matter a couple of eyes a brain stem and a series of nerve endings and that yeah. that's what humanity is if you if you actually yeah. identified the part of us that is us it's that right because yes, everything but, else but can dude, be it's replaced not, it's not even our faces it's not even our faces though. it's not even our face it's not even the concept of having our faces bones. we think our faces are us our faces are not us yeah our brain is us 
Yeah. So w- when you when you think of actually, you know, the the most uh, extreme crazy version of like an alien or something like that, a floating sentient orb, it looks basically identical to what is inside all of our bodies as we walk around in our, you know, flesh suits. Um yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm certainly very like um sympathetic to that train of thinking that it's so fucking weird that we're basically a um a bag of meat walking around with a with a self-inflated ego on the inside. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just I think everyone... It would make sense if everyone just freaked out all the time. <laughs> you know, you're probably right. That's probably one of the wisest things you've ever said. Everyone should be so constantly weird. terrified. They should. And constantly and amazed. like it's nothing. And I, I, asked, I asked someone, I was speaking to someone at work the other day, and I said, do you believe in the af- do you believe there's an afterlife and she went mm, you know what never thought about it and i was like what <laughs> how have you never thought about it like what did you just you just like oh i'm alive now okay and just like accepted it and she just like never thought about it never thought what happened after wow dude that's i do not understand that that's quite impressive to to have been like so what's your thought on religion oh you know right never really thought about it <laughs> just hasn't come up just haven't really <laughs> just just in my day-to-day life you know i've been so busy you know ran out of peanut butter so i had to go to the shops and just never thought about uh catholicism so yeah after the peanut butter problem obviously i had to come back in the car and need some petrol so i went to the petrol station and it didn't consider um the meaning of life really um on the way but yeah now that you now you bring it up um <laughs> put that on the list certainly to i'll look into that i love it like i love that idea of just like having a to-do list on the fridge think about religion eggs <laughs> <laughs> dry cleaning <laughs> contemplate eternity <laughs> uh uh, I'm just going to copy yours. If you've enjoyed, if it, can you um, can you just sorry, of... just give me a clean start then. What what was with this uh okay. start? Just I mean I don't know where you got that. Just just <laughs> it's a bit just of a, a clean jump. just a clean start. If you've enjoyed this kind of uh, insightful babble, then uh, pop across to our Facebook page, which uh, which has uh, had a spike in its followers, my friend. I tell you that much. It's true. It's amazing to, what thirty dollars my... does. <laughs> 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 it's arguably more than that if you tally everything up. <laughs> Luckily, Facebook doesn't send you the bill <laughs> until weeks later. <laughs> By that time, I'll be in Mexico where <laughs> yeah. they can't get me. Yeah. Um, yeah, pop across to our Facebook page. You'll probably see us right up at the front of the queue with 382 likes, 385 <laughs> followers. If you've got any questions uh, about Sorry. anything. Sorry, where, where do they go? What's the, what's the yeah, website address? Let's get into that. Deepfort at gmail.com is where you go to email, email us your questions, thoughts, feelings, desires. Um, and... One more thing. Oh, yeah, Deep Fort. Just search for Deep Fort on Podbean. If uh, if you don't have a uh, the app, lost a bit of steam there. 
Just if you're, if you're, I mean, you've already found, you don't need to do that because you've, you're already listening to it. So it doesn't actually, forget the last thing I said. <laughs> forget the last thing. <laughs> Not as easy, is it? Not as easy as it looks, is it? No, well, you've had, you've had like a hundred I've had 118 goes. more goes. <laughs> and I've had you. two goes. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Um, Just cov- covered most of the, most of the important stuff. Yeah. Um, wrote us five stars though. That would be nice. Oh, yeah. um, I was thinking about getting us an Instagram page. So that I've been be saying fun. this for months. Yeah, but I mean, it's probably not necessary. But I don't also, I also don't know what kind of content. That's my main question. Because we're an audio just... podcast, so we don't, by our very nature, have visuals. Yeah, I mean, there could be like, nah. You know what? It's probably a stupid idea. Maybe when we get 400 likes. Why do you say stupid like that? You say stupid. 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 Uh, I don't know. I think it's one of those things I just started doing as a joke. I I I feel like that really is. I think think that was the thing where you started saying it like ironically or as like an Adam Sandler mimic or something like that. And then it's just now you just say stupid. Now I'm just a guy who says stupid. It sounds stupid. stupid. Sounds really stupid when I say it. Whoa, whoa, oh god! What? <laughs> what? It's so, it's I so broke fresh. it. Um, I had um, I had uh, a thought the other. This is my actual deep thought thought um, that I had the other day. Um, do you want to hear it? Um, Hell yeah, I want to hear it. So it has been eighteen years since. Uh, September 11, right? Yeah. The equivalent time since uh, World War II was the 1960s. I the the I find it very strange to think of that passage of time as you know. I I can picture where I was on September 11. I find it very strange to picture the same amount of time passing from. World War Two and ending up in 1960s, it 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 seems so much more remo- like further removed to me. Does that make any sense? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, this actually came up the other day that I was sorry um, that <clears throat> on comedians and cards getting coffee he was talking to someone about Mel Brooks, and he was saying that. Um, because uh, the, the the movie The Producers came out and they were basically joking about Hitler and stuff and Nazism. But it was that was in like 1960s and that was so fresh. It yeah. was like, it was super fresh. And that he was like, he was saying that that's, it would be like us making a movie now, like a comedy movie about 9-11. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't seen that comedians um, yet. But uh, yeah, that that that's kind of my point. The, the, I, that That passage of time for between 9-11 and now seems a lot closer than it really is. And between, you know, the mid-1940s and uh, early 1960s seems so much further away from each other. But it's the same time. And it's all, um, when you, when you uh, compare the social progression between those two eras, it certainly seemed like there was a rapid development um, in the 20th century compared to what we've sort of lived through but maybe that's just recency bias yeah i wonder if that has something to do with like color tv and how you can 
remembers September 11, what you're remembering there is like the color images and the news images of the planes hitting the towers. Mm. But then when you think about anything black and white, like we, like for me, when I think about the world, like World War One or World War Two, and it's in black and white, and whenever I see anything in black and white, I'm so detached from that moment. I'm so detached from. It's like another world. It's like a dream or something. I I I don't know. I don't have any reference point for it. It's not real. Mm. Um, but September 11, you know, you have you have that color footage. But then it's like you've seen those photos that they re. Yeah, the colorized yeah. versions of uh, historical photos is fascinating because all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah. shit, it's a kid. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, it's, it's a, a kid. Person. It's a person. Yeah. It's a becomes a person. Mm. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's scary how much our empathy is dependent on that in some ways. Um, that that sense of connection to reality. And when it's in the abstract like that, it becomes less, I don't know, less powerful somehow. Yeah. <clears throat> not really a joke. Not really a, <laughs> a not really a joke. Not really like a like a fun sort of uplifting end. I I got an Uber the other day and uh in the front seat there was a woman. And I was like, okay. And the This Uber wasn't a pool, was this old... you just got you got a solo. No, this wasn't, yeah. wasn't a pool. It was a normal. It was an Uber normal. And he this the Uber driver just got his wife to tag along <laughs> in the car. As and in, they, they were going to the shops and just picked up an Uber along the way, or he, she's just I, there for company. I think, I, I think they, I think they were like probably driving somewhere to do something, and then he had his Uber on. He'd be like, "Oh, I'll just pick him up." Why don't I? And you know, I'll cover this coffee. I'll just, I'll get a passenger on the way. Yeah, I think my that, I, I think that's what it was. And then they just started having an argument. What? In the car, and I just sat in the back, and I felt like I I was just like a, their kid. Just it was the worst. <laughs> you don't you hate seeing mummy and, and daddy fight? I was thinking that if if my dad was an Uber driver, he would one hundred percent take my mum along to every. He'd be like, friend, just get in the car. Like, well, she'd be like, no. <laughs> Uber means that it's just you and the passenger. Like, friend, they they don't care. Just get in the car. We'll go to the friend. Get after. in the car. And then I tried to. Uh, so it was a it was a Ola, not an Uber, and I tried to go back a couple of hours later and rate rate the driver one yeah. star. Yeah, and they had just automatically they automatically just rate drivers five stars if you if you just skip through. Ah, which I find stupid. That's a strange. Uh, I suppose they want to encourage you doing it. Um, paying attention or doing it promptly. So it's like five. But can't stars you call or... up like the, um, like the? Oh, what am I gonna... I'm not. I'm not going to be a person that complains. I want to silently leave a one star review, but I don't want to have to speak to a person about it. No, that wasn't a really good outro uh, story. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Well, neither was mine. I mean, I was including myself in that. Um, let's, uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's try and think of a joke together right now. I'll, um, I'll, I'll come up with a 
premise and you come up with a punchline and, and if it doesn't work, we'll go back the other way. Okay? Sure. All right, everyone, here's your funny outro. Uh, why did the barber need some new scissors? Because it's been... Because... Why the barber needs new scissors? Well, maybe it's well, too literal. Maybe you... we should. Most jokes are probably like you need a little bit more, uh, 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 more randomness. Like I've chosen scissors, but that's actually what barbers use. So maybe it's more like why? Why did the barber go to the zoo? That's better. I think you got more there. Why did the barber go to the zoo? Um, because he really, because he really liked, because he really liked the monkeys. <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, that's just why he did go to the zoo, um, because because the lions had gotten too shabby. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. It's not like a traditional joke, um, in that it sucked. Well, no, it's like you know, it's, it's that sort of anti-comedy. You know, it's one of those real trendy, trendy ones where it's not actually funny, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. <laughs> like the goal. Are we specialize in that. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure there's got to be a pun here, right? There's got to be an animal barber pun staring us in the face. Oh, something about hair, like rabbits. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, okay, you've thought on a on a very sort of broad. Because <laughs> he heard there was there were because it was he heard there was. Hair that needed taken care of, because he heard, because he they needed a close shave. Because a joke's meant to make you sad. Some of them are. This made me a bit sad. Because we're not good at jokes. I've got a joke. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> excruciating. This is excruciating. This is. All right, this is not my joke. Uh, oh, okay. Well, then that's you know, not. If we, I want a, I want an MZ original. <laughs> what? What? Why, why don't you just fade us out? Why don't you just fade us out? <laughs> Slow fade. Just right in we'll the just... middle of the um, the World War Two bit. <laughs> just, just gently yeah, fade out. Just, just, just gently fade us out. On us trying to, when we start to think, <laughs> when we start to try and find the outro, just be like, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll just, um, I'll throw my daffodils under it and just cut to music. <laughs> if you can get the rights, mate. Oh, yeah. yeah. We never got the rights to Shack uh, Attack, though, so why start now? Fuck <laughs> it, we're trailblazers. <laughs> <laughs> we're mavericks. We oh we, oh uh, oh! Why did the barber go to the zoo? Cause he needed a chimpanzee. <laughs> it uh, yeah, that's good. That's okay. objectively very funny. <laughs> Thank you.
saves you. No prescription needed. Money back if not satisfied. Get Zomonex at your drugstore now.